Be Afraid. This is Torsten Kipton, your host on the Be Afraid podcast, dragging you along on the misadventures and the tastier parts of a new horror author's life. Today, the topic is flavor in fiction, and there's a lot of reasons to use flavor in fiction. I find it exciting on a visceral level, but there's a lot of a lot that you can do to use it to immerse your audience. So I'm going to use short segments today to keep things concise and high paced for you, hopefully a little spicy. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. Okay, so when I'm talking about flavor, I don't mean tone. What we're describing is taste the sensory detail. Sensory detail is some of the most descriptive in the closest perspective like inside the audience head uh, ways of describing things. So if you want to be immersive, stimulate the senses. If you want people to say, I felt like I was there. And I think especially in the first paragraphs or the first pages of a story, that's very important. They need to feel as if they were there. So if you want something to be memorable, by contrast, as the senses can be a big part of that. The senses, especially smell, are tied to memory, but emotions are a bigger factor in that. Taste is important to use, in my opinion, because it is the least used taste, or the least used sense, especially in fiction. Tasting something on the air is the most common way that people use it in fiction, and really that's just a magnified, kind of a hyperbolic way of describing smell, right? Because smell is strong, and in those cases, then you taste it. Also, it's kind of used for revulsion most of the time. I use it that way. I just prefer to use the actual taste when I can. Uh, there was a master sommelier, which is a wine expert, basically a top-notch uh, master sommelier can basically taste any wine and tell you what it is. And there are a ludicrous number of wines in the world. And he said, he described taste as being 80% nose. And for that reason, I like to, I like to tie or, you know, kind of stitch my, my flavors together with fragrance. I'll give you an example to put this in context. Hot Ashes, my novel that I have on Amazon right now, uh, it's from first person perspective and I'll read you something from the uh, third paragraph, the sentence ends, sipping ginger tea with my book open to a page near the end. Now this is immersive, I hope, for two reasons. One, a reader is likely to have just finished their last book when they pick this one up. There's also a little symbology in it, I don't need to go into that. But uh, also, readers are stereotypically caffeine consumers, you know, tea drinkers especially. I guess a lot of a lot of authors like Tolkien famously talked about drinking tea and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of tea that the hobbits enjoy. That was a tangent. I digress. I return to the original path. I'll describe for you some prose I have on the second page of that same story, Hot Ashes and Brass Casings. She returned a firm nod and served them potato salad fortified with thinly sliced raw garlic, which gave it a sharp 
spicy quality. With disciplined efficiency, she plated fresh-baked rosemary rolls, which were brought in every hour and filled the commons with their alluring fragrance. And those are just first chapter examples. I don't believe I hit all of them either, uh, but I will hit you back with more right after this. This segment's called The Taste of Revulsion because we're going to explore some of those not-so-tasty treats. And why would someone use bad flavors deliberately in their writing? Well, uh, as we all know, offensive things cause the big cringe, right? They make people react. Causing reactions in the audience is at least part of what art is, but it's also cheap and easy. That's why... Uh, Student art films use offense all the time, and maybe it's why I use it. See, I can judge, because I condemn myself. Now, I try to be a little bit more nuanced than Revulsion all the time, but you know what? Being a horror author and taking on the macabre all the time, that's going to happen. So, uh, a couple notes on this. I'm going to give you an example I want to say first that a revolting flavor should have an element of surprise, given its context. It's, uh, in this next example, uh, also taken from Hot Ashes, our protagonist drinks something in an emergency, and here it is. Crouched in the shadow of a saloon, I dug in my pack and retrieved a small glass vial. The contents were a thick, congealed black blob. I pulled the stopper and inverted the two-inch container over my mouth. A glob of dank ooze splattered onto my tongue. I shivered at the foul taste. It was fishy and moldy, yet somehow even worse than I'd I'd remembered it. A career of downing putrid powders and foul fluids had steeled my gag reflex. I muscled through the rising urge to projectile vomit and swallowed. So, there should be, uh, that's this just one example. There should, in my opinion, be some amount of rhythm to the delivery of details, you know, a kind of deliberate pacing, like a song, right? There's uh, quieter and slower moments. There's anticipation, in this case, reluctance, suffering, squirming, and then resolution as well. Sometimes revulsion uh, can be all resolution, Tell me if you if this one's familiar from some sort of storytelling or maybe your own life. Uh, a character or yourself unknowingly ate something gross or something personally offensive like their pet or a friend, for example. See, eating your friend, your pet, that's morbid, but that's the way it is. The best revulsion to eating I've ever seen or read or heard was done in a bizarre anime clip that just randomly came up on Facebook. You ever watch a video and then scroll down and see what they got next? This is one of those, and I messaged it to several anime-loving friends because they had they had questions to answer, is all I felt. Anyway, uh, so I have no idea what show this came from, nor could they identify it, but uh, here's how it went down. There was some strange paranormal contest going on and a guy was tied to a girl at the ankle because they're going to do a three-legged race they were 
pitted against a set of demons, so typical anime uh, fodder. The challenge was to eat a to run to and then eat a bulbous pupa which had a human face. Can you understand why it would be revolting? Now, here's how uh, that played out. The protagonist refused to eat it. Then the stakes were raised. No pun intended. And he finally agreed. But the revolting human-faced pupa was hanging over his head. So they're jumping in unison. He jumps up to take a bite, but accidentally kisses, kisses the cold, manly face of this pupa on the lips. Okay, long story short... Love at first kiss, the pupa begs him to eat it, it transforms to have an attractive girl face, and then blood springs from the guy's mouth who's supposed to eat it, which I think is 1000% the appropriate reaction. Moral of the story, anime is some messed up stuff. Be Afraid, this is Torsten Kipton, your host on the Be Afraid podcast. With me right now is my friend Elijah. Elijah, say hey. Yeah, so Elijah's my uh, Elijah's my buddy. We're gonna talk about flavor. Have a quick little, uh, I guess you could call it an interview of sorts. Uh, so dynamic banter, <laughs> the most dynamic. Wow! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good time with Elijah always. Thing you need to know about my homie Elijah. Is that too presumptuous? No, no, no we're good. Uh, is that? Is that Elijah, like myself, likes food and coffee. But Elijah has a little bit more of a background in coffee than I do. How much coffee you make? Uh, in my whole life? Or a day? Or like, what do you mean? On a regular basis, like on a week. In a week. Um, 14 cups. That's a pretty decent amount, I gotta say. Now, the rag... Average person probably drinks less than 14 cups, so the fact that you make 14 is pretty cool. I think I drink at least two of those every week. Yeah. Two 14, two 14 cups. Away. That's yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Two times 14 cups. Yeah. So, to go on about flavor, uh, what, and food in general, and, and uh, the culinary arts, if you will, I want to ask about what interests you in that. Is it the culture and the social aspect? Is it like the craft and the skill? Do you just like the enjoyment of the flavor itself? Or is it like a sustenance thing? Just like, you know, caffeine and uh, hot food in your belly. I've always been a very picky eater. So recently it has been um, social, like a, like what hey pants what can you chop up and throw in this weird like what weird can you do my nickname is pants yeah his nickname is pants it's like what can you do that's strange that will be delicious i have recently learned that i like sweet potatoes because you make sweet potatoes in the microwave and you put tzatziki on there and it's delish I do love making sweet potatoes. If you ever say it potato, it's wrong. If you say it potato, potato then you're fine. <laughs> At least it's not potato. Uh, and tzatziki sauce, absolutely made with yogurt. If you don't, if you don't follow the salty chef, uh, make about, about a gallon of yogurt last week. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Not an exaggeration. Still got, still got ha- more than half a gallon of yogurt in my fridge. Getting old. Put it in your cereal. <laughs> but there's not enough cereal on earth oh. okay so flavor flavor is a joy would you agree yes yeah it's all about uh now it's not just enjoyment but you know it's about we're we're kind of we like things particular and we like it uh we like it very custom we're not necessarily like how would you describe your tastes in general as they vary from other people i I feel like I tend to like very sweet things and very I think I think flavor honestly comes more down to texture for me than actual like that like how much seasoning or whatever is on the food. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that's mostly it. Like if it's very salty but goes down easy, it's beautiful. I can feel that. I can relate. So Bye, y'all. Uh, got a couple friends marking through the room as we speech. Uh, yeah, so uh, texture, uh, flavor, temperature, having it how you want it, when you want it, and fun experiments with friends. There's just a lot of things that go into uh, the enjoyment and the attraction to flavor in food and beverage. Okay, so as flavor relates to fiction and stories and uh, all that stuff, I was discussing earlier with the listeners that basically it's an immersion thing. It's you you tie it to someone's senses, especially if you name a food that they like or a food that they hate and someone in the story likes or hates it kind of the same way. Uh, for me, it really pulls me in. Um, or when I see food that's just delicious, it excites the senses. Like literally, my stomach will grumble. Uh, have you ever had that happen? That kind of stuff. With with real good looking food. And sometimes it's hard to know if it's real or not because, man, movie magic, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, for example, I think of the beginning of Spirited Away. You've seen that? I have not. A shame. A travesty, in fact. Uh, spoiler alert, there's food. And uh, it doesn't turn out so great about eating the food bit. But... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. But you know what? Uh, that's about the only spoilers I'm going to hit you with with that 2002 anime film. Hmm, can it be called a film? It's completely animated. Yes, it is. That's a feature film. You got it right. We've <laughs> we've we've justified ourselves in this this scenario. Uh, so so flavor has appeal to everyone. I would say some people say we're enslaved to our taste buds. Some of us become chubby chubby boys. <laughs> I never was that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as far as I know. At least. Um, but aside from that, even besides just like everyone being able to relate to it, uh, it's kind of like an emotional thing where almost everyone, psychopaths, psychopaths excluded, mm. uh, sociopaths maybe, is excluded as well. Okay. 
uh, everyone can understand emotional pulls. Mm-hmm. A little tug on the heartstrings. But how about a tug on the tummy strings? Right? It pulls me in. <laughs> oh, no. It does, it does for me. Uh, I see descriptions of food. I get interested. What's the, what's the most food-related uh, story or thing that, like, kind of interested you somewhat? Um, the the feast in Hogwarts when they first get there, I was like, dude, I want to be there. All that food looks delicious, and it was floating. It was beautiful. And then the there was this uh, scene in an anime where this guy shot a rabbit to death with a bow and arrow. <laughs> and then uh, the lady cooked it, and it was just like curry with rabbit in it, but it was supposed to be like some amazing rabbit. And I was like, dude, can I have some? I'm begging you. It was like over rice. It sounded amazing. Yeah, that's, you know, anime food is more delicious than any food visually, in my opinion. And the relish with which they eat rice is just incredible. You'd think it was, you know, steak. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Uh, this has been this has been uh, talking with a friend who loves flavor and discussing what entices us about flavor. I think you'll agree, and I think your appetite has been whetted for more flavor and more spice in your stories. So get out there, read more stories with flavor, including Almost Dead's stories from Torson Kipton. They're on Amazon. <laughs> Buy my book. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the flavor episode of Be Afraid. I hope you tasted a little something you like and I earned your favorite or your subscription on podcast. You can also find this network on the Narrative Audio Network page on Facebook. I'm Torsten Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Easily findable online because I am the only one. Thank you again for joining us. Make, go, go out there and make something tasty, whether the art is written or in real life. And if not, enjoy something. And have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on the flavor episode of Be Afraid. I hope you tasted a little something you like and I earned your favorite or your subscription on podcast. You can also find this network on the Narrative Audio Network page on Facebook. I'm Torsten Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Easily findable online because I am the only one. Thank you again for joining us. Make, go, go out there and make something tasty, whether the art is written or in real life. And if not, enjoy something. And have a great rest of your day.